Hey there, small villains, and welcome back to another episode of Somebody Save Us. It is a Smallville retrospective podcast where every week we sit down and talk about an episode of Smallville that we watched. And this week is a big one. This is one of the big, big episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, and me and Ashley Woo! are going to talk about it. Yeah, we are. This was like, this episode was very awesome. I was very happy with this episode. Yeah. It's like important to the lore of the show. It's like a good episode. It's also an episode that if you didn't know really anything about the show, Mm -hmm. like this could be somebody's first episode of Smallville. Yeah. And Um, totally know kind of sort of what's going on. They would get the gist. Yeah. Well, because um, it, be yeah, yeah it, it it really does kind of like it recaps a lot of other like sub subplots too as well. So you're yeah. right; it's like if someone was to jump in at this episode, they could probably continue on without really needing to go back too far to recap any you know missing bits or pieces. And actually, like when this episode first aired. I wasn't even really, I wasn't watching the show yet. Like I was vaguely aware of it, but I didn't have cable or a way to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I saw something in like one of those like free newspapers that they used to have around. Uh Like uh, I, I saw like an article about Christopher Reeve showing up in Smallville. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, And then it wasn't until like, I think it was after season two, was over and the dvds came out for it uh Uh steve actually uh lent me season one and two to get caught up before season three started and then basically from season three till the end of the show i watched it the day it came out back in the day of cable when we couldn't just binge it all in one fell swoop or (laughs) in the last season i think there were times where i had to pvr it and then like watch it in the morning after I got home from work. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Wait, what, what's PVR? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's people who do not know what that is. I know. It's the young children. It's okay, kids. You don't need to know. It's not a big deal. It's back in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Quick, quick little side note. Um, I don't know, Paul, if, if you think my voice sounds any different. I feel like I sound different today because I am sick as fuck right now. I have oh, got, great. I know, right? It's a good thing we don't podcast in the same room right now because I'm pretty sure I had the flu like all week. Wow. Gross. I know. Did, uh, did, did the kids get sick? Did everybody get sick? Well, so the kids have been sick. The kids came home with colds last week and that's how mine kind of started. So I've been sick mm. like kind of for two weeks. So Started as a cold, typical stuffy nose, cough, sore, scratchy throat. And then because I have asthma, all of my colds, regardless of severity, always end up in my chest, like, and in my lungs and my bronchial tubes. So then I spent last weekend just trying my best, like, to only breathe as much as was deemed necessary to live. (laughs) Because it was shallow breath. Yeah, it was very shallow. It was very hard to breathe. It hurt. So, um, and then this week, like I felt like, okay, I wasn't physically ill. I wasn't like vomiting or anything like that. And that's typically what Mm. I associate the flu with. I never think I have the flu until I'm puking essentially. Mm -hmm. So, but I've been freaking exhausted 
massive congestion and headaches. Like I couldn't bend over without my head feeling like it was going to pop like a freaking cherry. And then um, like all week I felt nauseous. So initially I thought I was pregnant. I was like, oh shit. I was like, no, I'm not, we're not having more kids. We're not doing this. We're not. Uh, thank God I don't live in the States. You're like, quick, run, throw me down the stairs. <laughs> Give me the castor oil. <laughs> oh, God. So luckily, no. I, was, no, I even went and got myself a test while I was at work, a peed on a stick at work, just to be sure. And of course, no, nothing. So then <laughs> we took we took COVID tests because then I was like, F this. I well, you're not supposed to pee on a COVID test. Well, oh, shit. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe that's why it was negative. Maybe I do have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> a double COVID. Yeah. Anyways, so no, we're negative for COVID. Uh, it's just a flu. And like Ron's the same way. He's been feeling super nauseous all week. So, and I know he's not pregnant. So, like, you know, he took a test too. He peed on a stick. So, yeah. he's, he's good. We're clear. So, anyways, no, I've just been fighting this really super shit flu. So, I'm sorry if my voice sounds a little bit funky. It's a miracle that I didn't get sick last week because uh, the, the kids were over all weekend and yeah. both of them were sick and I just <sighs> didn't get it. Oh, that's freaking lucky. Holy crap. Oh, and if anybody uh, here listens who isn't from Canada, the one reason it sucks right now to be sick is because there is legitimately no cold medication available for almost anyone. (laughs) And we could go to Amazon and order it, but it's like $300 for one bottle of Advil cold and sinus. Mm -hmm. I'm not about to freaking do that. I'm sorry. My kids don't mean that much to me. Not $300. (laughs) (laughs) And as, I'm an asshole. As you know, we can just make more of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. We're not. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what the young kids are doing this day and age. Yeah. Smart bastards. Anyways, I love my children. Yeah. I love my kids. I love being a mom. <laughs> but I like to crack jokes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get in, let's get into it, Paul. I can't wait to talk yeah. about this show. So this is this is season two, episode seventeen, and it's Rosetta. Ugh. And so we start, and there's like kind of like music playing as the camera swoops through the clouds and down, and then over some cornfields, and then it kind of zooms in more, and it's twisting and winding its way through the caves, and. Uh, they kind of look a, a little different from what they, they last did because of all the work that's been happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Waldo's been pretty busy in there. Mm-hmm. No one can find him. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> it. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> and then it pans to the wall with the octagonal indentation. Uh, and then the camera cuts back toward the other wall, and then we see Clark float down into frame. <gasps> so was yeah. it? Uh, so it makes you wonder: was it his point of view the whole time? Yeah, was it flying through those clouds and over the cornfields and down into the hole? Yeah, and like the, the way the music is playing, like even I think the very first time I saw this, he's like, "Ah, oh, he's having a fucked up dream." Yeah, I mean, initially, well, because as we were watching it, or as we, as I was watching it, and I saw him kind of hovering, like, I was like, he hasn't learned how to do this yet. And and then I was trying to remember back to the episode where he jumped. And I thought to myself, like, he did mention that he felt like he was flying. So I was like, did he Mm -hmm. just 
figure it out and they decided not to make an episode about it. Okay. But then, you know, then we continue on. So yeah, initially, initially I didn't really think it was a dream. I kind of thought it was actually happening and they just didn't explain it. In the second episode of the show, Clark is having a, uh, a puberty dream about Lana and then wakes up and is floating above his bed and falls onto his bed and breaks it. (laughs) So he hasn't flown since then. Okay. Well, you know, I I wouldn't either floating wet dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Okay. So yeah, yeah, so we, we leave Clark in the cave and there he is floating away. Yeah, uh, and then he brushes. So he he lands and he brushes his hand, like his his fingers over one of the symbols on the wall, mm-hmm. and then he it pans over to his hand and he's got the key in his hand, and it does the thing where it flies out and it sinks into the wall, and then he reaches forward and boops it, <laughs> and there's a flash of light. And then we cut to Clark laying in the middle of a road. Just totally passed out. <laughs> Good thing it's a quiet town or there'd be like a wreckage of whatever vehicle was unlucky enough to hit him. Smoldering right. nearby. <laughs> exactly. It's a good thing it was quiet, you know, middle of the night. Um, yeah. And so again, like when, when we cut to that part, you know, Clark's floating in the cave initially and he's got, he's fully in his Clark Kent average clothes, you know, his jeans, his shirt, his flannel shirt yeah. over top. And then, yeah. See, when it cuts to him on the road, again, I was like, oh, damn, that flash of light ripped his damn flannel shirt off and shot him into the road. Like, (laughs) I still didn't think it was a dream at this point. I still thought it was real. (laughs) But yeah, then you see that he's in his PJs. Yes. Yeah. Then it kind of. Booty pajamas. Uh, And then a car. Then he almost gets freaking runned over, pancaked. By the only other person who exists in Smallville. Who could be a problem in this scenario and it's lex. and it's lex and lex gets out of the car and like in a confused tone is like clark and then like clark kind of just looks back at him and like again it's notable the clark has not said a word yeah at all like there's been no dialogue except for lex going clark yeah yeah he's quite and disoriented then- And it goes to theme. I actually didn't think it was going to go to theme quite so soon, but it goes to theme. Yeah, it was quite quick. This was a very quick opening scene. Short opening, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then right after that, he is basically sneaking in the door. He does the walk of shame. Oh, no. Paul. Of course, you've got to get it pretty Oh, Paul, the ghost is back. Paul. Paul. Huh? The, the ghost up? the ghost was back what ghost it cut it cut you out what? why <laughs> i why? don't i don't know the ghost is back okay just ignore that ghost okay get get out of here ghost this isn't your podcast fuck off um okay well, what happened <laughs> Uh, so the last part I heard was, uh, you know, the credits roll, and then we were about to, I, I assume, go to the the next scene, and then then it was radio silence. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So after the theme, Clark is trying to sneak in the door, uh, but you got to get up pretty early in the morning to beat Martha and DK. Absolutely. And did you notice that he was totally doing like the walk of shame since he didn't have his shoes on? He was kind of like, you know, just peeking into the door. Oh, what? Hey, hello. 
Yeah, oh. there was like a brief pause where I only heard part of what you were saying. Oh, what the frick? Okay, well, let's, we're going to muddle through this and fuck that witch, okay? When I find her, I'm going to fuck her right up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like his, uh, you know, he tells his parents what happened, um, and he, that he thinks the cave is trying to give him answers, but he can't say what kind of answers. Yeah. And DK is not stoked, uh, with the idea of Clark putting the key into the cave wall. Yeah. And, uh, and Clark is uppity. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have like a bit of a fight and, and I get it because, you know, they, Daddy can't even says he's like, he's not ready to stop protecting Clark yet. Cause Clark is still, you know, technically a child to them at least. Um, yeah. But I, I find that this is very reminiscent of the last episode when Martha said she didn't want to tell Clark about having the key cause she didn't want to lose him. And then even Daddy Kent yeah. was like, that's silly. <laughs> and now right. we're next episode. And he's like, no, don't do it because I don't want to lose you. That's silly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he even gets a chance to say that quite yet here, but it's 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 the thing where Clark gets uppity, and then there's a bit of an awkward silence, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "I gotta get ready for school." Yeah. And then they kind of look at each other. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we go to the mansion, and uh, Doctor Waldo is showing up, and Lex asks him uh, why he's hearing rumors that Waldo is planning on removing a piece of the cave wall. Yeah, essentially like cutting Lex out of the planning. Well, that, but also it is a it is a uh, conservation site, and you can't fucking do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. <laughs> um, but it's more about you know he's not even really worried about the legality of it. He's just worried about being cut out of the loop. Yeah, and of course he's well, always. No, go ahead. You go. He's always a little suspicious that his dad has co opted his people. Yeah. Which I mean, I think that's why he gets so irked when people call him paranoid because of course Waldo says, well, you're just being paranoid and Lex never takes too kindly to being called paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's pissed. Uh, and then he's, he asks why he shouldn't fire Waldo right now. Uh, the doc answers that he's on the verge of a breakthrough because of course he is. Um, <laughs> And Lex actually even mentions that there is another interest trying to take over as custodian of the caves, and he suspects Lionel is involved. Yeah. Uh, and he basically gives uh, Waldo a three-day deadline to get him some answers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, because somebody, quote-unquote, tipped off the state. And, that, yeah. like, who could have done that, right? Like, Lionel knew that Lex had the cave. So it is the most logical conclusion. But, yes, this always makes Lex sound super paranoid. But yeah, is what it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then we go to school. <laughs> Remember? Uh, school? School. And where the gang are talking about some family uh, tree project. Uh, which is like the only person who's kind of stoked about it is Pete because it's just going to be easy. It's going to be very straightforward. Yeah. Um, and Chloe is uh, just, you know, pissed about it because her mom quit the family and Lana has to decide what side of her family she's going to. I mean, she doesn't really have to, but like, I don't get why hers has to really be that difficult other than the fact that, you know, her biological father is still alive. 
Well, yeah. And same thing for Chloe. I'm just like, come on, get over it. I'm sorry. Like, your mom left. I mean, you can still pop her on your tree. I'm sure you still have grandparents and, like, yeah. you know, all that other stuff. I mean, whatever. Clark, Clark's yeah. would have been the most quote-unquote difficult even though then still not really difficult because i think you know when you're adopted and you don't know who your adoptive parents are you just go with question your adopted marks. Fa- right, yeah yeah question marks everywhere <laughs> or go with yeah, your adopted yeah. family you know the ones who are treating you and and have accepted you as family right exactly yeah, yeah. so uh that, there's just like that little scene um but lana suggests that they meet at the talon to brainstorm and yeah. right at that instant uh, nails hit the Kryptonian chalkboard and Clark like doubles over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chloe's like, ooh, Clark, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the a, idea. a stupid joke. <laughs> stupid yeah, joke. Yeah. And, I, find, I found their yeah. reaction to this to be like really poor just because like yeah. Clark's clearly in pain and they clearly like don't give two shits. They're like, uh, what are you... Like yeah. he, he's like, are you, you having a migraine or? Yeah, it's like we don't hear anything, so obviously nothing's going on, and you're just being a drama queen, Clark. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not worried that he's having a seizure or something like that. No, or like an aneurysm, or you know, a medical yeah, problem yeah. of some sort. No, so he just like he's yeah. like, well, I'm not getting no help here, so bye. <laughs> just weird farm boy doubled over in the middle of the room. Yeah, no worries. It's probably yeah. fine. It's puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just popping another pube. That's. Oh, fucking hormones. Uh, and then when it stops, he asks them, oh, could you hear it too? And of course they don't. And then he just gets the hell out of there. Uh, and on the farm, Clark basically just like has to follow the screeching noise. Uh, and he pulls out this toolbox and like breaks the lock. And then when he opens it, we learn what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. The shiny key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he picks it up, and of course, it goes quiet. Yeah, that's all it took. Which, yeah. again, but- it's like it's it's all these things leading up to this. So again, with the pushback that you get from Daddy Kent and Mommy Kent in this episode, I'm just like, shut up, Clark knows what he's doing. God damn it, the key stopped like bugging him as soon as he touched it. Yeah, yeah, and like. But also, like, the episode is moving along at a pace. Like, it's going pretty fast. Like, he, we go straight from this to him standing in the cave. Yeah. Standing a couple meters from the wall and, like, looking at, like, the symbols on the wall and kind of lining the key up, like, eyeballing it. Yeah. And then it flies out of his hand and he, like, looks around to make sure nobody else is there. Um, and then we see that the symbols on the key are turning Superman colors. Mm-hmm. And then a Superman shield after all the lights light up kind of appears. Yeah, and then like he's uh, about to like step forward to see what's going on with that, but then he like a beam of rainbow energy impales him. Like he <laughs> he got re- he basically got reverse Care Bear. Yeah. He got impaled. Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And it lifts him into the air. That's how intense it is. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, his, and his, like, it pauses, like, there's like a a shot kind of from below him where his arms are outstretched and it's in a very, like, 
Jesus on the cross motif. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe. You know what? I was also kind of secretly hoping. I was like, oh, this is the start of another bitch and rave. And now all the ravers are going to come in. and Everyone just dancing around Clark with their glow sticks. <laughs> or like this could have been like the, the episode could have taken a total left turn where like he's just like wakes up and he's completely like infected with like the knowledge of all of Krypton. And he basically is brainiac yeah (laughs) or something i really yeah i wasn't really sure at this point where the episode was gonna go with it because i thought to myself like yeah did this just unlock like all of his knowledge and powers like what the hell is up with this freaking beam of light yeah uh and then for the second time in like maybe this might even be the same the the day after uh found clark on the road I feel like it is. I definitely feel yeah. like it is. And Lex is shaking him awake in the caves, <laughs> asking if he's okay. Um, Clark acts. That's the thing is Clark acts weird enough during this episode on a regular basis to like constantly make Lex suspicious, and he doesn't even try. Yeah. To like reduce Lex's suspicion at all. No. No. He's, he's very, like, gives him the cold shoulder and pretty much gives absolutely, like, no explanation for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I don't know, I must have fallen asleep. Yeah. Uh, but he also can't hide his shock at looking at the alcove and seeing the key missing. Like, it's enough that Lex turns around to see what he's looking at. Yeah, yeah. And that notices that he's looking at the alcove and, like, you know. Well, it's clear that, like, Lex just continuously does what he can to always put the pieces together, right? So now he's he's got that little bit of knowledge that obviously Clark must know what that what that little recess is for. So, you know, yeah. I, like, again, and he pushes that against, you know, on Waldo a little bit later in the episode, as we'll find out. So, like, yeah, yeah he's he's a little he's a little puzzle solver, that little Lex. Yeah, Lex, Lex says that uh, the guard reported that there was an explosion yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like Waldo shows up at this point and is like, get this fucking kid out of here. <laughs> Which I think we've, we're like, this is like now well, well trod territory. Like Clark is allowed to be here. This fucking dickhead doctor just doesn't want him there. Well, and I thought that was like the whole deal the last time that we saw Dr. Waldo because like, didn't he even say like Clark gets to come and go as he pleases? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's and then awful. as... Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying is Lex is kind of caught in the middle here and like tries to play like the friend card to to Clark and like yeah. suggest that maybe he stay out of the caves and just figure out what's going on, man. Yeah, go to the hospital. Yeah, and then like as Clark walks away, Waldo's like, "Why did you let him walk out of here when he knows more than he's telling?" Yeah, and, and then Lex... Lex is like, "You worry about the caves. I'll worry about Clark Kent." That's right. It's Lex's problem mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and then we get the B story, which is at the torch. Lana asks Chloe if she can use her computer. Oh, it's so awkward and cringy. And then, like, immediately just starts snooping around. Yeah. Like, right away. She doesn't, even, like, she quote unquote hesitates because she logs into the computer first of all why are they all sharing the same email this like makes absolutely yeah, no this is just this is 
Well, it's it shouldn't even be like this. Well, it wasn't an email. It's just, he was just in like the f- file folder of oh, whatever, yeah. and just happened yeah. to see like pictures, right? Or like file. Well, she format. finds that I, honestly. Yeah. Well, she finds she finds that because yeah, this is like this is like old yeah, this is old Apple stuff to the point where like I didn't even use iMacs. Like there was a period of time where I used like Apple IIs in school, and then they switched to Windows machines, and then like so all of like the file format stuff doesn't even really seem like real. Like it seems like bullshit TV version of computers. Well, kind of, sort of. But the thing that was with iMacs at the time is iMacs didn't have like desktop icons. So iMac completely operated off of essentially having like a file window constantly open with your programs and all of your files in it. So you couldn't just save shit to your desktop. You basically saved it to a folder that was called desktop and you had to access it through like the folder that was in the file window. It was very weird. But my thing, my thing with it is like, okay, if you don't want people snooping in your shit, you make that file sound like the most boring piece of data that you've ever, <laughs> like you throw numbers Name in there. And ran, yeah, like, well, honestly, you make it sound boring as F. Like, don't freaking give it the initials of the guy you're both freaking pawning over. Fawning over? Yeah. Pawning over? Pining for? Pining? Pining over? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take her long to, like, she opens the pictures and, like, She's only starting to look at them before Chloe's back in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> and she gets yeah, that rude it's... awakening as soon as Chloe comes in. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, so you think it's okay to snoop in my life? Holy shit, Chloe, pot, meat, kettle. Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> like Clark says this to, to Alana later, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, Chloe goes like nuclear basically she's like get the fuck out of here and like you're not allowed back in this room it's like chloe can actually limit who can enter a room of the school right well she thinks she can and lana would would yeah. of course go along with it because like you know that's just that's lana yeah. being lana but she like chloe always just gets so defensive and she's like oh don't look at me like i'm some sort of lovesick like idiot who can never you know get what she wants or wants what she can't have or or whatever and i'm like that's just the way lana's face looks like i don't like you should know this by now chloe yeah, that's just her face that's just that's just her face that's she's just, what her face does yeah she's just a doe-eyed little fawn she looks like that all the time yeah uh and then also chloe tells lana about what happened at clark's place where he was in like his delirious state and the only name that he would say was lana after she spilled his guts her guts to him yeah well, I mean, she probably wanted to spill his guts after that, but she walked out. <laughs> yeah. Chloe's like, this isn't about you and Clark, and it 100% is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. She needs to just freaking give it up. Give it up, Chloe. Nobody's yeah. ever going to love then, you. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, a little bit of, like, farm life, uh, like, choring, doing some choring. That's with, right, they're uh, choring. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're talking about the baby the baby it was the baby so yeah so like dk uh feels the need to like let clark know that how they feel about him isn't gonna change like they're talking to him like he's a five-year-old well (laughs) i mean i they do like daddy kent does kind of say like oh this is one secret that we'll all be happy to share like yeah it's below the belt dk come on now 
Uh huh. Yeah, there. Yeah, stepped on it a little bit right there. Yeah, he's got to put a little ice on that afterwards. So yeah, I mean, it does sound like he's talking to like a five-year-old kid, but at the same time, like, hmm, party foul, party foul. And then he also curses the moment by saying, "Oh, I'm so happy things are getting back to yeah. normal." <laughs> Nothing wrong could have possibly happened 15 seconds from now. <laughs> Uh, Martha calls out that they're going to be late and DK walks away and like before he they even get to the truck Clark gets hit with another screech seizure yep and yeah he sets the barn on fire yep can't freaking control it and can't close his eyes I guess nope nope I guess not it is weird because like well as of right now I mean I, I kind of doubt that they'll explain it, but maybe they will. Like, how did he get it? How did he do it? Like, how did it? How did he just spontaneously do this with absolutely no control over his body? I, you know, I think it's like literally like the like the data from the from the vault from the the wall mm-hmm. is like just downloaded into him, and it can take control of him at times. Mm, it's like living data. Yeah, and so it, it made the symbol for hope. Made that funky little symbol. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Way to spoil it. Um, (laughs) God. Uh, But yeah, they, uh, like the flames. And then uh, honestly, it's so, it's so badly timed because DK and Clark are like running for the hose and putting out the fire just as Chloe shows up and she asks what happened. And Martha kind of tries to cover by saying, oh, they came, we came outside and it was on fire. Yeah. Uh, So hoodlums. Yeah. And then uh, once the flames are out, there's like a look between DK and Clark, and then Chloe like lifts her camera and just takes a photo. <laughs> Fucking Chloe, god damn it! God this damn episode it. has made me hate her just all over again. The fuck, Chloe is fresh <laughs> up in this podcast now. It's fresh. If not for her, uh, Clark would not have met Doctor Swan though. So. Well, Dr. Swan would have found a way. Dr. Swan would have found a way. They didn't need to have Chloe, okay? Come on now. Don't give her that much credit. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, so we cut uh, to a little bit later where DK is boarding up the side of the barn where the glyph is. But as Clark mentions, the damage is already done because Chloe was there snapping pictures. Yeah. And that's where you find out that he knows what what uh, what the symbol means. Yeah. And then he kind of just admits to, you know, going behind DK and Mama Mama Kent's back and doing what they said not to do. And he put the key in the wall. Yeah. And yeah, and like DK is pissed that he didn't listen, but Martha's like, so where is the key now? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Daddy Kent is like, he's pretty, he's pretty angry here. I mean, he's not yelling and screaming, but you can tell like he's pretty tense. Yeah, and then also knowing, finding out that like Doctor Waldo and Lex were the ones who found him unconscious. Yeah, just rubbing salt in the wound. He can't be taking these kinds of risks. Um, And Clark uh, says some things are worth the risk, especially the truth. Yeah, which does give DK pause. Like it does cut to him, and you can kind of see that he he softens a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyways. Yeah. And then uh, Clark is at the Talon, and he is, like, up in the clouds. And Lana sits down to try to get his attention, and then they discuss the problem between her and Chloe. (laughs) And that's where he he drops what everyone was thinking during that scene. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, where he's like, uh, so he's like, oh, so you caught her snooping, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the other way around but she's like well yeah the the number of times chloe overstepped her bounds she could cut lana a little slack um and then you know lana talks about how this reminds her that she isn't family but you know remember that that this all this came to a head for me like toward the end of the episode to not spoil too much but remember on your uh synopsis Mm-hmm. It said something about Lana moving into the mansion. I was thinking about and, that, actually. Yeah. And then she just straight up does not do that in this episode. And there's no mention of it either. Like, her and Lex even exchange one sentence at the end of the scene. And there is, like, there's no talk, no mention of this. So I don't know if maybe that was, like, a deleted scene and Amazon was just like, hey, let's put this deleted scene in our synopsis. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it makes it makes me wonder if maybe the Amazon synopses might have been swapped around. Could be. Could be for the next episode. But it did mention the like Vir- Virgil Swan stuff, so I don't know. They could have gotten it wrong. Whoever was freaking writing the synopses needs to be fired. Okay, Jeff Bezos, get on it, please. please. We know your heart. You're, we please know you're a heartless robot, so just get on that. <laughs> he's like, he it's not even him that has to do it he basically just activates one of his like weird like husks that are made out of crystal and they're like we are harbinger <laughs> his firing drones <laughs> yeah 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 oh god anyways uh, uh yes so they um they're they're having their commiseration about what's going on and Clark confides that he's been looking into his roots and she's like, then you need to keep going. Mm-hmm. Even if it makes your parents um, uncomfortable. Yeah. And then she tries to like get a glimpse of his glyph doodling and he gets so embarrassed by it that he crumples it. And he's like, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, and misses the garbage can. <laughs> and he doesn't even go back to pick it up. How inconsiderate. No, he just runs out the door and like that, causes like even worse because like he gets in a hurry he almost runs over lex and then won't stop to talk to him and then yeah. lex immediately finds it that's what happens when you litter okay it's bad consequences it snowballs uh-huh <laughs> the crumple paper effect that's right <laughs> it's deadly man it's deadly mm-hmm. it's like dominoes mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, he finds that stupid piece of paper. And I hate that, like, Lex didn't even... I'm sure Lex didn't see him throw it. I kind of just highly doubt he saw Clark throw it. But immediately no. he's drawn to, like, hey, what's this piece of garbage laying next to the garbage? I should probably look at that. Yeah. Well, it's like he has... obvious. Obviously his vision is very good because he obviously sees one of the symbols, even through the crumpled paper. I guess, yeah. Yeah. He's got x-ray and he's, vision. And then... <laughs> He the next thing he is like he has it and he's studying it in um, his study. Yep, <laughs> that's usually where and, studying uh, happens. Studying in the study, uh, and Doctor Waldo is annoyed at being brought to uh, look at a bunch of chicken scratch. Yeah, that he doesn't even think is uh, real. Thinks it's a hoax. Yeah, and Lex has to use the uh, the front page of a high school newspaper to uh, convince Doctor Waldo. <laughs> Apparently like, has a very low threshold. 
<laughs> oh god he's basically like the donald trump of smallville at this point he's like just getting his news from wherever he can it's i like, love it look, it's right here yeah whatever fits his narrative he's good he's uh. good um, but yeah, and then and then Waldo, of course, he's like, well, you know, who would have who could have done this? And I think doesn't Lex tell him like, oh yeah, well Clark Kent did this, so he could be our Rosetta Stone. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, children, I'll just be really really quick. So the Rosetta Stone, the reason that they kind of reference that, and that's the uh, uh, name of the episode, is because the Rosetta Stone is this like really interesting stone that was made in egypt like i think around what was it the freaking oh geez like was it middle kingdom or something like that oh it was like it was Even way before. yeah it was before the roman empire it was hang on i have my wikipedia page okay, well, open yeah Anyways, it was uh, it, the, the cool thing about it is that it had three languages on it and it was um uh greek uh demotic and hieroglyphic and i believe they mm. all say something different like it's all it, it starts off in in greek telling whatever it is they're talking about and then it morphs into demotic and then it goes down to hieroglyphic and the reason it's mm. so cool is because like no one had seen it for freaking ever and it was actually getting to the point because of course religion had to come and fuck everything up in the world and so yep. Egypt was getting converted to Christianity, so they were actually losing their original languages, and so they were losing the way to read hieroglyphics. And yeah. luckily, this Rosetta Stone was found, and they were like, oh, shit, look at these cool different languages, hieroglyphics, and then, boom, you know. I mean, the, the British still took it. The white people still took it. It's in the freaking, it's in the museum, British Museum right now, but I mean, you know. Of course. It, it at least reinvigorated some language, okay? So, it's like, <laughs> shit the british stole oh god we're the worst fucking white people sorry sorry <laughs> so, i'm sorry i'm so sorry you're scaring off almost almost our entire audience <laughs> i'm sorry no no white people are bad just the bad white people are bad yes <clears throat> anyways uh so that's that's just the kind of the interesting little tidbit about the the rosetta stone yes yes um I'm trying to remember. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, they were they were yeah they were talking about the the you know Waldo needs to put his ego aside and work with Clark. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and then Clark shows up at the torch and tells Chloe how her story is making his family's life miserable because there's a bunch of whack jobs showing up at the farm. And she like doesn't even really look that give sorry. No, she's like, oh, sorry about that. Like, she's like, isn't it kind of cool and interesting? And like, since it's given, like, given that Smallville, isn't it possible that it's aliens? Yeah. And who cares that your family life has been totally turned upside down because of this? And now a bunch of wackos are coming and you got to get police to clear your land. Like, who cares, Clark? <laughs> and then he does something like, he like, he's like, well, I guess I could be okay with it if you forgive Lana for what she did. And Chloe's and like, oh, hell no. That pussy zips right up. <laughs> you were waiting for it. <laughs> I was. Uh, the zipper. The zipper is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, she's she's all pissy. She's pissy. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Hey, any tr So, but like, uh, um. They're about to start fighting about it, but then Chloe's like, what the hell? Looks over it, and she's got, like, 
15 emails in a row from like a V swan. Uh, and then they open it up and it immediately gets Clark's attention by translating hope. Yeah. Um, and then the further reveal is that this email was a gif all along because more text comes onto the screen <laughs> saying, I have something for you. <laughs> he really did it very well. Kudos to Dr. Swan. <laughs> yeah, it's like an image, and then it's got like a 12 or 13 second pause, yeah. and then it like comes up on the screen. Like, they're not talking to him through instant message. Like, it can't, that's not how emails work. No, no. <laughs> I, th- I believe I believe this was the invention of the GIF. I'm pretty sure was the invention of the no, GIF. No, the GIF, the GIF was, it, it, it uh, came into being in like the 80s, late 80s. No, it didn't. Stop, actually, stop it. That's not real. Fake wasn't news. actually used wasn't actually used in the way that it is used now until like 10 years ago i think until <laughs> until victor swan yeah <laughs> yeah virgil swan every time i think virgil i only can reference fallout 4 i don't know if you ever played fallout 4 but he is like the mutant doctor that lives out in the glowing yeah. sea of radiation and his name is virgil but also for, for for me it's the street fighter character oh <gasps> yes yeah. oh now i gotta find that freaking sound effect okay anyways <laughs> <laughs> so clark's obviously yeah. the the game's afoot the game's yes. afoot yeah uh and then clark has pete meet him up in the loft with a laptop uh to avoid chloe snooping over his back yep um and after the telltale sound of a dial-up connection clark types a message asking what he has for him but he doesn't actually hit send for a minute like pete's like well, what are we doing oh yeah yeah he was very hesitant mm-hmm. but i mean i, I get it because he's still hiding it from his parents and i mean he he does still have that trepidation to be like yeah it could be somebody who's just like waiting to exploit me who like is dangerous right yeah yeah and he and he remains pretty standoffish for quite a bit of it like uh he um he sends it and then gets an uh instant message response immediately being like if you can read this then i have the answers you're looking for and pete asks what it says and clark says i'm a friend yeah so so clearly um, it's legit clark has nothing to worry about i, f- I feel like it would be hilarious like i have i uh, the pieces for a joke are in my head somewhere for like that's what Swan thinks it says, but it's like when somebody gets like a tramp stamp of like Japanese writing and it does not say what they think it, it says. <laughs> like when they're like, oh, it means strength. And you're like, no, it doesn't. It means soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, luckily, luckily, at least we, that wasn't the case here. <laughs> or like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, back in the cave, Waldo is looking around with a flashlight and like, I mean, there's lights everywhere in there. Like, I don't know why he's got this fucking flashlight, but um, he... See all the uh, crevices. I guess probably when the explosion happened, it knocked everything out, but he finds the key partially embedded in the stone wall. Yep. Eureka! And, yeah, and he wastes like no time. He just grabs it and he just walks over, slots it in the wall 
and then gets fucking blasted across the cave. Like the way the the, the uh, crest shows up, and then it has like something different in the center of it for like a second. Like it's obvious that like if anyone other than Clark activates it, yeah, it goes it goes into attack mode. Yeah, goes into instant kill mode, instant catatonic state mode. Yep. But Clark finds him, which I get again, it's like, God damn, like they're the only ones ever in this cave. So I guess Waldo's like archaeology team is just like never working. They always have sabbaticals. Yeah, I mean, the thing is he, yeah, he has a team, but like only the only time we've ever really seen them, I think was when they were gathering up when they found the bug. Yeah. Yeah. Or there are other people there that time. Yes. But even then it was like four, four or five. Yeah. Very small yeah, team. He's, I mean, it's it's so weird because, like, if this dude had just been left alone by Lex, he would just be living in Chile and doing his research and would not be a vegetable. Nope. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Here we and are. He's got, he's got in the hall. He's in the hospital and he's got the spooky, cloudy eyes of a dude who fucked around and is experiencing the finding out. That's right. But I'll never see it happen. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yeah, Clark is there. Like, oh yeah, because Clark found him. So Clark's there with Lex, and they're just kind of like chit chatting. And that's when Lex kind of tells him, like, oh yeah, it's uh, you know, he's catatonic. Doctors don't think he's ever going to make it like out again. He'll always be, you know, a cloudy vegetable. Yeah, well, Lex is, Lex is just like, hey, um, isn't it kind of weird that the these three incidents you were there for all of them and. It's not a fluke, and Clark tries to deflect and, like, asking why he's so interested in some Native American language. Mm -hmm. And Lex is like, oh, I don't think it's Native American. I don't even think it's from this planet. And then Clark, like, mocks him. I know. Like, like, uh, again, mm, I I hate this so much. Like, I get it to a certain extent. Like, Clark is still unsure about Lex's like loyalties and obviously yeah. like he has every right to be suspicious about it. But like at the same time, mm-hmm. again, I'm like, man, if things just could have been like even the freaking fraction of a teensiest little bit different, like how different would Lex have been? If Clark could have just trusted him, if daddy Kent could have just accepted him, if he could have just found a better way to be a Luther than he's like finding out now essentially. But it's not yeah. the world we live in. Nope, nope. He is like he continues to be Lex Luthor, and be so he like like you know like I said, Clark goes uh, maybe maybe you should keep that uh, to yourself. Keep it under your tray. Uh, and then a courier, this weird dude, shows up and like wants to give something to Clark, and he has to sign for it. And Clark's like, "How do you know I was even be here?" He's just like, "Oh, lucky for me, small town." And then Lex is just like hovering over his shoulders, like, are you going to open that? And, and again, oh, it's just junk mail. Yeah, Clark with his freaking lame excuses. Oh, it's just junk mail. God damn it, Clark. If you're going to lie, like, at least yeah. make it way more convincing than that. Yeah. And then in the elevator, Clark opens up the envelope inside and has a card that says VS and an address. For uh, room 434 at 939 West 54th Street, New York, New York. Uh, And when I looked up that address, it was not the location that they said it was. What was it? Was it a whorehouse? It was just like the edge. It's like the edge of a park. Oh. (laughs) Oh, you mean it wasn't wasn't real? 
it's yeah, it's 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 not really the New York Planetarium, which is huh. where he allegedly is supposed to be. Now, does New York have a planetarium? It does. Oh, in okay. Central Park. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And <laughs> well, then there's also one at one of the universities. So. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, they can't keep it, you know, they would have had to pay royalties to the planetarium if they would have put the actual address in. So It's so funny because like, uh, like I did that search, like no one in 2002 or two, early 2003 who was watching this would have had the ability to do that kind of fact checking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to their library. And finding the index cards. Yeah. Oh, the God. Dewey Decimal System. That's right. It was a trusted system. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we cut to the Time Magazine Man of the Year cover with Virgil Swan on it, which is just like a young Christopher Reeve. And I remember the first time I saw this being like, holy shit. He's here. He's here. Mm -hmm. And they called him the Man of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. Because of all of his accomplishments uh, and his satellites, so he's basically Elon Musk. Yeah, uh, but not a shit. Yeah, no, but not a piece of shit. <laughs> so instead, but instead of buying Twitter, uh, he uh, decided to like go into like trying to explain mysteries of the universe. Yeah, with, with, without like you know obstructing the economic situation of the world or trying to you know solve the Russia-Ukraine war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kept to himself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, he, he had a quote like of only through communication will humanity live in peace. And I mean, I guess that's also not really going so great. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the aforementioned Twitter is a good example of that. Yep. But even um, in, even in Smallville, cause again, it's like you have everyone keeping fucking secrets from everybody. Everyone keeps secrets yep. all the time. So nobody really truly communicates with each other until it's really too late so it's it's the common trope and human humans are really bad at communication yeah 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 and then uh at one point so he sold his company uh for charitable foundations and um he asked about the address and we about the planetarium and stuff like that and i actually wrote down in my notes it said it's the the name of the site is um the DeWitt Clinton Park. Oh, okay. In New York. And it's just like the edge of like a, like it's near one of the bays. Like it's really close to the water and it's just a dog park. <laughs> well, because the planetarium had to shut down after Christopher Reeve died. The planetarium. The planetarium. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so, but presumably when they wrote this episode, they didn't envision a future where people would be able to find that out. Um, but, uh, Chloe asks Clark what a guy who hasn't made a phone call in 13 years suddenly wants to be his friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, be his bestie. <laughs> yeah. BFS. And Clark's like, oh, it's a hoax. He's just interested in the symbol. Yeah, like, again, like, Clark, he's not even trying, really, at this point. And I get it, like, Clark is preoccupied because he, he's so close now to finding some answers. And he's nervous because, again, it's like, okay, is this guy actually a friend? Or is he, like, a piece of shit like everybody else who's ever pretty much found out my secret? Um, 
But like his excuses throughout this whole episode, they're so half-assed and he's just, he's not even trying anymore. It's like, he's so tired of the lies. He's just tired of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we go back to the hospital just to get like the update, like, uh, like the doctor who isn't, who isn't Helen Bryce. um, (laughs) uh, Tells, tells Lex that like, Waldo basically had a massive seizure from information overload. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I I love this scene because again, it's that little glimpse into like who Lex is going to be when he grows up. Yeah. And he's basically just like, the only thing that was missing was the Mr. Burns hands where he's like, don't worry, doctor, I'm going to find it like one way or another. I'm going to find out those secrets. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he just needed to tent his fingers. Exactly. He's yeah. so evil. He's turning evil. It's happening right before our eyes. Yeah. And then uh, we cut back to the B story where Lana is like, has over, overcorrected for a slight mistake in judgment and is just packing her shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I give, I, I am the same way. Okay. I'm a fight or flight kind of gal. And anytime I get into an argument with anybody, doesn't matter what's over. I'm like, well, our friendship is over. Well, this relationship yeah, is done. Yeah, I know. That's obviously the only answer. Okay. Yeah. Shut up. Lana had it right. <laughs> uh, so, but Chloe apologizes to her for her reaction. And then that when it comes to her feelings about Clark, she's rarely rational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and Lana even she, says, like, like Lana says, she's like, I can't help like how Clark feels about me, which is true. Like Lana can't yeah. help it. And no. even though like they've tried to go on dates and stuff, it's not like Lana is like being super flirty, touchy feely. She's not like, you know, <laughs> laying it on thick and, and flirting hardcore with Clark. So it's not, it, no. you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> Chloe should just be mad at, at Chloe. That's the only person Chloe needs to be mad at. Yeah. Uh, and then she like decides to show Lana her family tree. And she put Lana on her family tree as her sister. Oh. Yeah. And then she's <laughs> like, I chose, I decided to choose my family. Yeah. And then Lana just... doesn't actually move out to go to yes, the Luther mansion. <laughs> Not, not yet. Maybe that'll happen next week. Maybe, possibly. Uh, but uh, back on the farm, uh, Clark is trying to convince Martha and Jonathan to let him meet with Swan, and DK is like, "Fuck that shit." Yeah. Oh, he is pissed. He is not happy. He's and he's just like, this is where he says he's not willing to give up protecting Clark. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part. You're right. Um. But, and, and Martha, I like how Martha just continues to try to be somewhat the voice of reason because she even like says like, well, we can just all go together because it's true. Like, why couldn't his parents just go with him like t- to make so at least they would have that peace of mind to know that he's safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then that's where DK jumps into and he's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get in the truck. We'll come with you. We can do this. And he's just like, no, nah, I got to I got to do this alone. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm half like, okay, I kind of get it. But the other half of me is like, okay, that would have just been the, the easy compromise, Clark. The easy compromise. What made them let him go, I think, was him just doing the reassuring thing like that happened about the, the baby earlier. <laughs> the baby. Uh, was was um, just 
uh, that no matter what he finds out, they are still his mom and dad. Yeah. And then they have a hug. So sweet. Yeah. And then we get the New York skyline. You mean Metropolis skyline. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I wrote Metropolis. Actual, actual New York. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, Metropolis looks a lot like New York. Okay, it was New York. The thing is, like, it's like, they could have just used a Metropolis. Yeah. But they decided to actually use New York. Which is odd because I find it, it's very rare in the DC universe to use an actual place like in the real world that exists. DC almost always makes up its own cities. Especially if there's going to be like some kind of major cataclysm or something like that. Like yeah. destroy major cities and stuff like that. Yeah. So interesting, interesting choice, but you know, regardless, mm-hmm. yeah. regardless. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, only like he he goes through this door into like this very cluttered room where there's like all kinds of like, um, God, I wish I knew the name of them, but they're basically like like a, a type of of kind of domed mirror that you use to look at like star chart maps to like plot things. Oh uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I just said he went into a room full of tchotchkes. <laughs> Tchotchke room. Tchotchke room, uh, and he. And he's just like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And yeah. then he hears a voice respond to him saying, uh, like, looking for answers, I hope. And then it pans over, and there, in all of his glory, Christopher Reeve. Superman. Superman. They he's even play the they even play a little bit of like from the original they movies. Start, yeah. They start doing it like as he's talking to Clark about like what he found and all this stuff it really starts playing that like richard donner type music and yeah. like it actually full-on at one point does do the yeah well at, at, let, let me just go into it here like he um he asks clark if he wonders why a billionaire scientist would be working in the back room of the planetarium mm-hmm. uh, and he's like i find it relaxing and peaceful and also i own the building so <laughs> um but then he turns the screen on next to him, and uh, you know, Clark plays it pretty close to the vest at first. He's like, "Oh, what is this?" Yeah, he's still kind of playing that whole like, "Oh, it's not me," kind of yeah. trope. He makes Swan play his hand, which yeah. is uh, that Swan uh, received a transmission, like intercepted a transmission thirteen years ago during the meteor shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took him years to decrypt, but he did manage it. Uh, and the message said, this is Kal-El of Krypton, our infant son, our last hope. Please protect him and deliver him from evil. Yeah. And like the music literally made me tear up the, even this time. It is pretty, it is a very emotional. It's a very well done scene. Like Tom Welling in this did a, such a great job during this little kind of dialogue between him and, uh, and Christopher Reeve. It was very well done. Yeah. And he says like Swan goes on to be like, he wondered, he's like, I always wondered about where that child ended up or if he survived the journey. Um, but then after he f- saw the symbol for hope on the side of the barn and then started digging and found out the Kents had an adopted son. He just kind of lets it hang there. And like, he's going to let make Clark admit mm-hmm. who he yeah. is. Uh, 
and Clark is like, "Oh, I'm I'm not Kal El. Uh, you got you got you got this all wrong." And he's a he's like, "Someone's like, I'm not trying to expose you. I'm just seeking the truth." Yeah, yeah. And like he, Clark is about to leap. Yeah, but I mean, I I like that. He's very calm, like Christopher Reeve's character, Dr. Swan. He's very calm. He's very truthful about the whole thing. He does lay all of his cards out on the table when he sees that Clark is obviously very conflicted. Um, and as he leaves, like, he just he just kind of says, like, it's fine. You can go. If you're good with it, it's fine. But when you walk out, that door ain't going to be open again. Like, you can never, and you can't hear the second part of second the message. Second part of the message. And it goes, da, 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 da. And uh, Clark asks why Swan is doing this. Uh, he responds that, you know, we all have our windmills. And Don't he needs to know that he's right. <laughs> yeah, he needs, he needs to know he's right and that it'll never leave this room. Um, and so Clark asks him to show the next slide and he translates it. And he says, we will be with you, Kal-El, for all the days of your life. Which, again, is something that the ship says, like, Jor-El's Jor voice says that to Clark uh, when he's going into his ship in the 1979 movie. Oh, okay. Like, like it, and I think it's repeated by, like, the crystals in the Fortress of Solitude and it's, there's just a lot of mention of that uh, of there, that little yeah, message. There's lower. It's a it's good a good lower moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, he asks uh, what it means, and Swan responds like it has anything to do with science. You know, like patience is needed. Like he doesn't know. Yeah. No. And basically, like Clark's got to be the one to pretty much like figure it out, essentially, because it's his yeah. it's his journey now. And Clark's pretty excited about all this, and then he like uh, notices a star chart, and he's like, "Oh, is this where Krypton is?" And he's like, "Well, uh, more like where it was." Hey, awkward. Like, right in the balls. <laughs> oh, um, that is so sad. And you can see Clark—he's so defeated when he finds. Well, it's out. weird because like, like Swan doesn't necessarily definitively say Krypton was destroyed. He just says that it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And even Clark, he's and like, so, well, I, I find it odd when he starts explaining, like, the things for the reasoning why it couldn't be there. Because Clark's like, well, what could have happened? And he's like, oh, anything could make a planet disappear. Famine, war. <laughs> like, famine? Famine can make a whole planet disappear? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think, I can't remember if if the um, uh, the current iteration of Superman on Superman and Lois. But I remember, I think maybe I remember a scene Maybe it was in one of the like crisis episodes where it explains that when Superman came of age and like started being Superman and like got to like the full extent of his powers, he actually went and flew literally all the way to Krypton just to make sure. Oh damn. And just like found like debris still there and like Yeah, yeah it's gone. It's not there no more. It's gone. <laughs> oh wait. Uh, yeah, uh, but, you know, um, Clark uh, asks what he thinks happened to it. 
again, yeah, it's just like it's it's a mystery. Um, yeah. But then also why he was sent here, why he was sent to Earth. Yeah. Like yeah. he has gotten some answers, but he has even more questions now. Yeah. Like why him? Why was he the one that was sent? And then, you know, yeah. he really does come upon that realization. Like if his planet's gone, he's most likely like completely alone now, essentially. Like not really, but in his mind's eye, his people his are mind. gone. Yeah. Yeah. He's and the, basically the member of an extinct uh, people. Yeah, yeah. And this is where Swan basically says, like, you know, now it's up to you. You got to find your own destiny. Like, you have to find those answers for yourself. Like, why you and whatever. Yeah. He won't yeah. find the answers in the stars. He'll have to look within himself. Oh, so poetic. Yeah. And then Clark, uh, it cut to Clark standing in the dark of the storm cellar. And DK comes down to check on him and to like lend an ear. And then DK's about to leave, and Clark's like, Hey, um, after learning about the ship, he had um, some hope that maybe there would be others out there, but now he knows that there aren't mm-hmm. and that he's totally alone. Um, and then DK says that he's never alone because this is his home and that they love him very much. Mm hmm. Um, and then Clark is, it looks like DK is actually going to leave and like give him a moment, but, um, Clark's like, Hey, uh, I found out what that tablet is. Yeah. Um, basically the ship's heart and (laughs) DK's like, did you use it? Yeah. (laughs) No, unfortunately Uh, not yet. He wants to wait. He's like, he's like, I didn't want to do it alone. And so DK's like, let's do it now. Let's unbox this sucker. Oh, yeah. And so, like, they, they, uh, Clark goes over and he, like, inserts the key. That's the thing. That's the thing I didn't even touch on. Like, when, like, um, when Waldo got blasted against the wall, like, Clark shows up and immediately, like, just, like, looks at him for a second, but then sees the key. And he's like, oh, yoink. Well, he's got, he's got them super eyes. (laughs) he's got super eyes yeah yeah (laughs) but like so he gets the the ship opens and we actually see like a little bit more detail like we see like the kind of uh like a little recess where he like recess and yeah dk wistfully comments he's like i can't believe you were ever that small and as us us being parents ourselves we know that sentiment when we look at our own yeah remember when you were tiny Man, you used to be cum. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and, you, and you just get all up in my business about the pussy zipping. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, so like, like DK's in the background, and he, like, hands Clark the tablet, and then Clark blows on it like an NES cartridge, and yeah. then slams it into the slot. <laughs> it's going old school. Yeah, uh, and then like a whole ring of like glyphs show up on the bowl of the ship and start spinning around, and Clark's like, "This doesn't sound right," and like he is like confused and decays what it says, and Clark says he there must be some kind of mistake because it says on this third planet from this star soul you'll be a god among men. They are a flawed race. Rule them with strength, my son. That is where your greatness lies. Uh, 
Yeah, so this is where, so a couple episodes ago when I mentioned, like, doesn't the ship eventually tell him that he's supposed to, like, rule over the Earth? So I think this was the episode where I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, Clark gets, this is my favorite part. The very end is my favorite part. <laughs> because that's when Clark yeah. is, you know, talking about, like, oh, like, it has to be a mistake. Like, is this what I'm meant to be here for and whatnot? And, uh... Daddy Kent is telling him that it's his choice. Yeah. And uh, oh, I don't remember exactly how he says it. Oh, how does he say it? All I remember is that he says, because I am your father. <laughs> and then Clark goes, no, it can't be true. It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, but it is one of the great Jonathan Kent speeches. Like he's like somewhat like, like, because Clark's spiraling. He's like, oh, I'm going to have a choice. And DK, uh, yeah, he, like, really does reveal his wisdom. Um, yeah. And he hugs Clark. And, like, Clark has just, like, this pained expression on his face. Um, and at first, like, DK's eyes are, like, closed and he's smiling. And then he opens his eyes. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, a weird combination of, like... Uh, like he's he's just like now we're really fucking in it. Yeah, yeah. Determined, but, yeah. but also like fuck. Yeah, but I think it's also like I think that's every parent's kind of realization, especially as their kids get older, because Clark is becoming like his own man, and I think every parent gets that fear to be like, oh fuck, like oh god, what if I raise like you know what if what if my kid turns out to be not that great like you know turns out to be a delinquent or not a productive member of society like i think every parent has that worry but uh, of course with the kents it's uh it's it's escalated about you know eight billion fold so clark can literally destroy a planet with like a punch so yeah you just punch a planet out of orbit (laughs) that's pretty much it yeah um yeah yeah. after that very tender tender moment that's that's credits yeah that's the end of the show Mm mm-hmm um thoughts uh it's really good it's a really good episode like i i think like just based off of what it does for the story moving forward and like overall the overall quality of the episode like there's not really i don't really have any complaints other than like just like the lana and chloe fight being kind of unnecessary to the episode like i don't know what they could have done for a b story other than that like yeah, um, because yeah. The, it, the show is sort of pot committed to like always showing a little bit of each character that they are focused on. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit like that's the thing is Lionel's been pretty absent the last couple of episodes, but I don't I don't know. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, well, for sure. But- but I, I think you're right. Like, I feel like the the Lana-Chloe storyline, they could have taken it in such a different direction because the whole the whole thing opens with the four of them together and Clark and Lana and Chloe all have the same quote-unquote problem with their family tree. So it really could have been an episode where Lana and Chloe could have come together and been even stronger in the end because they would have, like, worked on their family trees, come to terms with certain things like Chloe and Lana, let's face it, they both have abandonment issues like in their own ways. And they could have found like a bond, a freaking common ground over it. It just pisses me off that like, and that's, I I agree with you. Like the episode is amazing, 
The writing was so good. It, it really showed the strength in the show that the show has when they don't focus on yeah. bullshit high school problems. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you took the, if you take the entire series and say mm-hmm. you took five episodes from each season and broke it down to like 50 episodes. Yeah. Absolutely. There is no way, there is no way in hell that this episode isn't one of the five that you would, would have on that list for this season. And more than that, I think even if you had to pick one episode per season, this is the one for yeah, this season. Absolutely. Yeah. This was, this one was in season two so far, definitely my top, top number one pick. This episode was awesome. Yeah. 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 Really well it's done. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, um, the only reason it's getting a 4.75 Christopher Reeves out of five is just because of the Chloe Lana stuff. They didn't get crazy with it. Like they didn't focus super hard on it. So I'm happy for that. But again, it's just not necessary for them to continue fighting about Clark. It's just unnecessary to the story. Unnecessary. Party foul. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, because I, I'm almost positive that this is the best episode of this season. The finale things happen in the finale that are pretty cool, mm-hmm. but it's uh, all in fate, all uh, in service of building up to like a cliffhanger, which every season does. Uh, yeah. And so I am going to give it a perfect five. Wow. Okay. Five out of five. All right. That's five the one. Reeves hey. out of five. Five Reeves yep. out of five. Christopher Reeves would be proud. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, this is uh, this is just quick side note. This is his second last performance before he died. Mm-hmm. He did one more for yeah. Smallville that we'll get to eventually, and uh, yeah, after that was that was it. Yeah, I want to say it is in season three because uh, he died in two thousand four, October mm. of two thousand four. Yeah, that would make sense. So it was shortly after. I want to say. In the at the end of the episode of the next one he appears in, yeah, it actually says in in memory of because oh. by the time it airs he was already uh, he already passed away. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. well, perfect five. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I again I would have given it perfect five, but I'm just I'm sick of the Lana Chloe bullshit. So that's that's my only detractor. But everything else was like. Mm. Like chef's kiss, just mwah, it was so good. It was really well done. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, it's, I it's guess great. who's 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 queuing up so who's who's doing socials now? I it is it. your turn to find out what we are doing for the next one. Okay. Um, and I will do our little our little spiel about our socials and stuff like that. Um spiel. Yeah, so we are still on Twitter as long as it you know exists um, uh, at Save Us Pod uh, and individually at uh, Oslop for me and Ashley is Gamer Mom CA and you can also find her on Twitch and Yay. I suggest you do that because if you want to watch some God of War and any other stuff that you might be playing right now, um, yeah. <laughs> 
It's mostly it's mostly Sims. It's mostly the Sims. Yeah, it's mostly Sims. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw that once. I was like, yay. Hey, sometimes I have to, because I have my own little perfect Sim family in there. So I had to have my kid's birthday. I was like, oh, God, she's turning into a kid. It's so exciting. I better, I better stream it. I better stream it. <laughs> but you're right. No, right now I'm playing playing God of War Ragnarok. I'm slowly going through it because I only play about two hours at a time. But if you want to come in and just listen to me crack jokes and play God of War mm-hmm. really bad, then come on in. Water's yep, fine. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I I don't I can't imagine it's it's boring because I hear the game is pretty good. But our oh, uh, other things, uh, you can shoot us an email also if you want to do something more long form, like you want to like gush about the show or not gush about the show or like just say something longer form that doesn't really fit in a tweet. You can email us at saveuspod at gmail uh, you can send a voice message on Anchor, although I was told by somebody that they were having trouble doing that, and that could be why we're not getting them, <gasps> because people are having trouble actually recording them. <clears throat> Say it so. So, um, if you are, let us know, or you know, reach out to Anchor themselves and be like, hey, I'm trying to record a, sh- a thing for this show. Um, and if you have any other way like if you want to send a like a a quick like voice message through like voice recorder from your phone and then just email it that way we'll find a way to get your stuff on the show we want to engage with our um at this point uh maybe we have an audience i hope so (laughs) you guys can slide into our dms anytime (laughs) <laughs> yes, I and I can see that people do listen to the show. I'm just being facetious because, you know, that's a defense mechanism. God, um, so but um, then what else is there? There is. That's I mean, kind of it. it for now. Yeah. Um, well, yes. no, yes and no. I don't know. I'm going to just say it now because we're going to be more active on it. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I say this pod. That's it, pod. I mean, that's it's a it's a contingency for if the Twitter goes away, which like as of tonight, like we're it's like the Thursday before the episode airs. It looks like t- Twitter is on fire right now. So, I mean, it wouldn't we'll be see. the worst thing if Twitter stopped existing. There, there are worse things really in the world. Would. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably get an hour of my day back if I. Yeah, exactly. Twitter. And then put it towards Instagram. I'm posting silly uh, pics. I probably wouldn't do that. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm just gonna do it then. Oh my god, our our Instagram is gonna be full of random shit. It's just gonna be pictures. It would just be pictures of like Big Turk bars. <laughs> well, as, as I was saying earlier, where else am I gonna post my freaking feet feet pics? So you know, <laughs> <laughs> on Feet Finder. That's oh, what it's for. Oh right. Okay. God damn it. All right. Well, I'll give you previews and then I'll just link it to Feet Finder. <laughs> Yes. Buy this in an so, eight by ten. What do we what do we got? What do we got for next week? All right. Well, here, here we go. So we've got uh season two, episode eighteen of Smallville. Precipice. Is uh, it not visitor? I'm pretty sure it's visitor, Ash. I think Amazon's oh, fucked you again. Amazon. Fine. It's visitor. God it's damn visitor. it. All right, I'm going. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> 
<coughs> rewind. Um, next week on Smallville, <laughs> episode 18, <laughs> Visitor. After his schoolmate Cyrus Krupp, Jeremy Lelliot, the actor, uh, claims mm-hmm. to be an alien and seemingly uses heat vision, Clark begins to believe that the boy is from his home planet Krypton. Meanwhile, when Helen discovers a locked room in the Luther mansion, she demands to know what's inside. And Lex must decide whether to admit the truth about his ongoing investigation of Clark. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, and this mm-hmm. is where the freaking beans are going to get spilled about the blood and all that kind of crap. Because Helen ain't going to be one to keep a secret from Lex. If they can solve Maybe. the mystery together. Ah, devious Maybe. doings are going to happen. Devious doings. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Well, I'm sure it's going to be good. I don't know. Uh, this this episode on Amazon has uh, the image. The thumbnail is of Chloe, so I already know I'm going to hate the episode. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> just that one part, okay? Just that one part of Chloe. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So more Chloe, more high school drama bullshit. I'm sure is on the way. And on that note. Somebody freaking save us.